0: Welcome to UC Today with me, David Dungay. Today, I have with me Erwin Lazar from MetriG and Dave Michaels from Talking Points. Welcome to the show, guys.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks. And uh, we're going to be talking about UCAS buying behaviours today and how that's changed, uh, particularly over the last sort of 12 months and uh, what that's likely to look like in the, in the future. But before we get into that, um, should we do a few introductions? Dave, do you want to kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your business?
2: Hi, I'm Dave Michaels. I'm uh, the Principal Analyst and Founder of Talking Points. I do uh, contributions in various websites and do my own research at Talking Points and a uh, subscription newsletter service. Excellent. And uh, Owen?
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm uh, President and Principal Analyst at a company called Metrogy. We launched uh, about two months ago, focusing on unified communications and collaboration. We spun out of a company called Emeritus Research.
0: Excellent. So, buying behaviours uh, in 2020, what have we seen over the last 12 months? Uh, how has that buying behaviour really changed from a, from a general tech perspective? Let's start there. Erwin, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, I think we saw, um, I've heard a two-year acceleration of of cloud up to a 10-year acceleration of cloud in the last year, so I think that's fair. Uh, We just published a study a a couple of weeks ago that we did data gathering from about 475 companies over the December-January timeframe, and we found almost half now are using UCAS which was up from, uh, I want to say the, in the 30% range uh, before the pandemic. So we've seen the, the just massive growth in, in, in shifting to the cloud. And as part of that, organizations are increasingly looking at integrated solutions. That The calling is part of it, but the video meeting piece is as important, if not more important, as well as having a, a team messaging function built in. So the UCAS offering is, has matured quite a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely has. Dave, what are you saying
2: What have you seen over the last 12 months? Said, uh, I would agree with everything you said except that last sentence. You had me until you, you blew it at the end there. Uh, <laughs> you, you said you said the industry's really matured. I, I don't think the industry's really changed that much in the in the past uh, year or so. What's really happened is that uh, the key word you use was acceleration and and the value proposition has been there for a while rapid you know particularly around mobile workers uh rapid deployments et cetera and what's happened during the pandemic is that became much more important and people have embraced it so you know so you know this pandemic has had a you know such a huge impact across so many industries and the enterprise com industry has benefited for the most part has done pretty well as organizations have discovered the importance of these characteristics and so Absolutely agree, uh, that it's been, uh, you know, I don't know how we would have got through this pandemic th- 20 years ago or 30 years ago because, uh, we were able to do remote work. We were able to have meetings like the one we're having right now, et cetera. But, but, uh, there hasn't really been a whole lot of change in the value proposition, uh, in my opinion, this past year. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, th- I think by maturing, what I would say is you are seeing that. You know, again, a lot of this, like you said, it did start before the pandemic. So Zoom now adding, you know, calling, uh, RingCentral delivering their own video, Uh, the the morphing of WebEx from a separate WebEx Teams and a WebEx application into a unified app, Microsoft Teams incorporating calling, meeting, and and team collaboration. So yeah, a lot of those trends were underway well before the pandemic. So what I meant by maturing is that you're not seeing as many point solutions, you know, people that are just trying to sell phone system and nothing else. Uh, We've seen a lot of acquisitions over the last year. buying High Five as an example, uh, a number of others that I'm, I'm probably forgetting at this point. I know Cordial went and bought a video company. So you are seeing that, that the, 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 the vendors have said, we need to have an integrated, complete solution. And those that didn't have scrambled a little bit, I'd say, in the last year to build out one.
0: Well, that's that's, a, that's an interesting question you raised there, Owen. I mean, there are a lot of um, single sort of vendor type people in, in the marketplace. You know, if you're, if you're if you're a single uh sort of vendor solution right right now uh, like a hosted platform for example you know are you, are your days numbered is you know is is a are you heading for an early an early grave if you've got that that sort of business right now
1: I think it limits your, your market. So yeah, if you're selling to doctor's offices and restaurants and things like that, it, you know, voice is really all they need. They don't care about meeting applications, but if you're trying to sell to the broader market, I think, yeah, yeah, I think you do need to have a, a either through very close partnerships or through native capabilities, you need to have a broad set of, of functionality and that would even extend out to having yeah, contact center contact functionality. functionality.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, Dave, t- tell me, um, today, Uh, you know the solutions they are they are maturing slightly I think you know we're seeing a lot of development around things like uh, well-being and how and the vendors are really trying to tackle that from a technology perspective but what are what are the UCAS uh, buyers What they what's really important to them right right now what are you seeing?
2: Well, uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of different pieces there. And, you know, the the industry has always been about what's important to individual users and what's important to individual users is never the same across, across. And so, uh, there's a couple of things that are happening that are actually pretty interesting. You, you just mentioned the, uh, the monitoring and analytics that that just didn't exist there before, right? We've always had the ability from an IT perspective or an admin perspective to go in and check things. It was kind of cumbersome, so maybe it required a, a pretty compelling reason to do so, uh, maybe uh, uh, to confirm an accusation or or uh, uh, a suspicion or whatever. But um, But what's changed is that, you know, in the cloud we have so much more data and then we have this new generation of analytics capabilities, so what's really changed is that these vendors are making this type of capability available to the common manager. Uh, I always think about uh, uh, Jurassic Park about, you know, about having the the discipline, Uh, you know, the the IT professionals, HR professionals, they got that super admin right uh, through a lot of discipline and and working out the way through the organization. And now we're giving a lot of these really powerful insights into uh, and some of them are very intrusive, by the way, uh, into individual workers to to regular managers and it's going to be interesting to see how this levels out. I think there's going to be a little change there, uh, some bumps there. Uh, another interesting trend that's happening is there, it's actually a, two trends that are in conflict with each other and Irwin just kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, we're seeing a, one trend is this API economy where all these apps want to share their data and you can do uh, interesting uh, uh, mashups of, you know, possibly calling from within an app and things like that. Uh, and so that's happening and that's really important trend there's another trend which is exact in, in in conflict with this is that every app wants to be the center of your work for, of your uh, workspace and they don't want you to go to their other apps and it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of plays out and um they, the, the second point requires APIs, but they don't really want you to leave. And so you see a lot of, particularly in the uh, work in the messaging space, like Teams and Slack, they really want you to do all your work in those apps and not switch. And so it'll be interesting to see how these trends play out. Yeah.
0: Uh, Erwin, what's your, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent with, with David. What, what he said is, is directly reflected in our research in terms of analytics and, and wanting to get insight into how people are, are using the apps, and engaging, and obviously privacy issues, as he touched on. Uh, certainly, we're seeing the, the we're seeing the team collaboration space kind of winning that battle of this is where I live, uh, whether it's Teams or Slack or one of the other ones that's out there, and, and companies looking to build workflows and application integrations. The one area I would add is security. Uh, one of the surprising data points that came out of our research this year is that companies are really struggling with security of applications and data in the collaboration space over the last year. We saw a lot, a rush, you know, from March onward to get something, you know, we ended up in a situation where by the end of the year, companies had multiple meeting apps, multiple uh, messaging applications and so on. They're starting to use consumer and public messaging applications like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and so on. And so what the IT is starting to worry about as well as CISO uh, type functions is where, where, what data is being shared in those applications? Where is it going? Who has access to it? Who from outside my company has been invited into these workspaces? And you think about the evolution of a video call. You know, a couple of years ago, we got on, we had our video call, we were done. Now we have a video call with a transcript and maybe action items, and we've shared files in there, and we've had a chat, and and all of that now is content that companies worry about. You know, w- is it discoverable? Where did it get stored? Do I need to isolate it in different countries to meet local you know, GDPR type requirements? So we saw a big jump in the percentage of folks who told us that they're investing in, in security, they're doing a lot more due diligence around the security capabilities of their providers. And I think that's gonna be one of the big stories going out over the next year.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree on the security front. Um, although uh, the, the mainstream headlines, they seem to be uh, rather f- of, um, free of any big Stories, you know, 2019. I think we saw a lot of huge companies, um, you know, hitting the hitting the headlines uh, through data breaches and hacks and that kind of stuff. Uh, it seems to all be a little bit quiet right now. I don't know if the various it's regulatory less- bodies around the world are taking it
2: easy. I don't. I don't think it's slowed down at all. I think it's just less newsworthy. It's it's like oh, another hack. It's not not even worth the front page or or whatever. It's just. Whatever uh, Erwin's point there about we leave breadcrumbs like you wouldn't believe anymore and and uh, we're, we're leaving breadcrumbs everywhere we go and we're being tracked everywhere you go so back to the point you brought up David about the, uh, uh, the tracking software i mean this is this is really an interesting time and and there's going to be uh, there's going to be a new trend in enterprise communications of things that are not recorded. Um, that we're not quite there yet. I mean, you got Clubhouse kind of touting it a little bit, but of course people are recording that. But, but, uh, it's getting to be hard to have, well, we've always had, uh, you know, very quiet off the record conversations in the enterprise. And that's becoming harder to do. And if you're, you know, even the meet conference rooms now, uh, they have the cameras on all the time even if you're not having a meeting because they're trying to count how many people are in the room and doing analytics. And, and it's like, it's getting to the point where, you know we have to go meet in a parking garage to have a, a completely off the record conversation. So uh, I suspect we're gonna start seeing that as a feature actually.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I do, I do wonder if we're gonna see um, the rise of people using um, alternative uh, platforms for some of those more social uh, interactions as well, as well as those you know, off, off the record. You know, Are we gonna see these silos? We use this for, you know, hardcore work, and this is what we do. And over here, we use this for talking about our Friday nights and maybe some of those chats we don't really want recorded.
1: Well, well, yeah, I agree. Bots it's bots I'm sorry.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, these, these Boschware applications that are really monitoring and uh, have seen a huge spike in uh, adoption and increase or adoption because of the pandemic, because... Uh, uh, a lot of organizations were hesitant to remote work before the pandemic got forced into remote work. So they're like, how do we manage our staff? But you look at things like, uh, like hub staff. I mean, it's taking a picture every five minutes of your screen possibly and sending that to your boss. And if you're in a word processor and you're, and you haven't moved your cursor in about a half hour, you, that's now recorded and logged. It's kind of a different feeling of uh, supervision than we've had in the office.
1: It's yeah. a it goes against everything we know about why work from home works, too, because, you know, work from home works because people have flexibility in a lot of cases to figure out what works for them, you know, when they want to work and when they don't. And so sort of instead, you know, in- imposing this, well, you know, from two o'clock to three o'clock, you weren't doing anything. Well, yeah, it's because I was working from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, so it's, sort of, it's yeah. counterintuitive, isn't it? It's um, yeah. OK, so. Um, Businesses, what's, what is the mindset out there right now? Um, you know, are businesses really seeing this UCAS technology and technology in general? Is it, um, are they, have they got their heads around this is an enabler to let them enable them to do things rather than a, a cost and a, and a drain on the business? Um, you know, what, what are we seeing in that sort of perception, Dave?
2: Well, there's definitely a shift, I would say. Uh, there's more emphasis on collaboration where it used to be more emphasis on communication. Uh, you know, we used to talk about you know HD video and we celebrated about uh, high definition or or the better improved fidelity of audio uh, audio quality and conference calls and telephone calls. Um, we don't talk about any of that stuff anymore. Now we're really talking much more and it's good about outcome focus about how people are effectively working and and uh, particularly in a remote environment. So I, I think that's. Um, uh it' been a very interesting shift uh, you both have talked already about the shift toward uh, uh, suites. Um, i I'm not as as bullish as you are on the sweet versus best of breed I think this is a, a story that never gets old uh, Pendulum is always is always swinging one way or another and as far as I can tell it's always swinging one way or another at every individual company so but uh, but certainly there's a, a stronger desire for workflow across apps. Uh, to be happening, and and so that gets back to this API model versus versus the sweep model.
0: Yeah, uh, Evan, what are you, what are you seeing on that front?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a topic I talk about a lot. Um, we saw the evolution from an IT perspective of the, they gauged success by. Did it work? You know, at the end of the day, if nobody called me, I'm good, moving on to the next project. Um, we asked participants in the study this year, what do you consider to be your key performance indicators? And above all else, application performance is still the big one. You know, If I'm rolling out voice or video, UCAS, whatever, and it doesn't work, I've got a problem. But beyond that, it goes to a little bit of what Dave just mentioned in that uh, the, the next three were, what's the impact on the business? Did we save money? Did we improve agility and revenue? Did we identify business processes and, and improve those? Are we better able to to support things like work from home and distance work. So the, the mindset of IT, uh, at least the folks responsible for communication and collaboration, I think has is, is fundamentally changed from, we're a service, you know, we're dial tone, and all we care about is making sure that dial tone works, to what can we do to contribute to the bottom line of the organization?
0: Yeah, I mean, I always I, I find it fascinating. You know, businesses, they're going through these processes now, they're optimizing, uh, you know their technology, their, their process, and how they go about their their daily tasks. You know, when when we come out of you know this this situation we're all in, um, you know I'm in the UK. We're currently in a in a lockdown at the moment. Um, you know businesses they're going to be they're going to be leaner than ever. They're going to be in a in a whole new place um, than than you know the beginning of 2020. It's it's going to be fascinating to see. I think.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see where people are working a year from now, assuming, you know, the pandemic's under control and there's a lot more. We're leaving it up to the employees to decide, do they want to come in? I mean, our data shows upwards of 80 percent of employees are going to be either full time at home or, um, or, or mostly full time at home.
2: I'm, I'm surprised it's that higher when I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all these people and I, and I, and I want to slap them. Uh, I hear all these people, how much they're missing the office and they want to go back. And it's like, have you forgotten the narrative of 2019 and 2018 about how much we hated the office and the open floor plans? And all, you know, it's like, it's like, you, you all, the grass is always greener type of thing. And I'm just hearing all these people that just can't wait to get back to the office. And, uh, and so I'm glad, I'm, at, I'm glad to hear that your, your data is actually showing much stronger, uh, distributed work as a permanent thing.
0: <laughs> okay well let, let's let's talk about twenty twenty one then you know so it's, it's still a long way to go uh, for this year um you know what what are we likely to see from a buying behavior? How can we summarize what we've spoken at Erwin, do you want to do you want to kick us off on that one
1: yeah um I think you'll continue to see a focus on features that start to differentiate companies more so than costs we don't see companies are really sitting there going well you know should i change to save a couple of dollars a month if i'm going to change it's because the the experience is better i'm better able to integrate applications and better and and a lot of the focus of the vendor side is on leveraging ai to do things like improve audio quality video quality build workflow integrations and so on so i think you'll you'll see the the continued maturation of the products we've kind of got that core voice video and audio Nailed down and messaging. Um, I think you're also going to see um, one of the data points that we saw was a push into what else can we do to improve the the effectiveness of remote workers, so things like virtual whiteboard applications that allow you to do ideation, which doesn't really work well in in any of the existing UCaaS technologies. I think that's going to become an, an important part. Uh, workflow and and task and project management and, and those kind of functions being built in as well. So I think you're going to continue to see more of a emphasis on on the, what the application can do, be above and beyond just allowing you to make calls and have video chats. Yeah,
0: and Dave, what what are, what are your what are your big the big things are gonna, we're going to see in
2: 2021 from your perspective? Uh, part, of, part of it being under the digital transformation banner, but we're, we're seeing a lot more uh, thought going into new kinds of applications. And most of these applications are going to be communications enabled. So whether it be customer-facing applications that customers install on their smartphones, et cetera, or internal business applications, everything from word processors to ERP, we'll have communications right in the app. And I think that's going to be much more uh, uh, prevalent. Um, I don't expect there to be an end to this pandemic. I think it's going to, um, be a a clear, a a shift, gradual shift. I mean, I was in China, you know, in 2019 and people were still wearing face masks from the previous pandemic. Right. And so I think we're going to see a lot of concern around germs and a lot of concern around, uh, touching things and, uh, would be, people be wearing face masks for a while. So, um, there's going to be a new, you know, we're seeing from a lot of the meeting vendors, touchless interfaces, speech interfaces. Uh, we're seeing more focus on uh, personal devices. Uh, I think we're going to see actually a rebirth of personal devices, uh, desktop devices type of things. We're also going to see, oh dear, uh, let me get rid of that. Uh, uh, we're also going to see... Uh, uh, this whole new generation of what I call video-first endpoints, uh, which are basically the next generation of the phone, uh, and they're basically instead of a handset and, and a bunch of buttons, they're a big screen and uh, or, or a small screen and a camera, and they can make phone calls. But they're but they're really going to be video-first devices, and I think we're going to see a lot of those take off both at home and at uh, offices, particularly in uh, offices with. Uh, 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 shared or multi-use kind of configurations, hot desking, hoteling, and things like that. So yeah. a lot of changes, actually.
0: But, and the, obviously you, men, you mentioned uh, phone calls there, the, the humble phone call. Um, remember, remember those? Um, yeah. I mean, I know, I know you released some research recently uh, on, on, on this. You know, what, what uh, what's going to happen to, the, to the, the regular old phone call? You know, are the days numbered for that? So that method of communication? I think
1: it's changing, yeah. I think the the phone system is uh, less important than than it was a year ago, or the definition of a phone call I think is changing. So, you know, it used to be across the PSTN, now it's it's using a meeting application. So the data point that we published was uh, roughly 47% of companies that said that they saw a decline in phone system utilization in 2020. Uh, Of that, about 28% were um, moving to meeting apps, so, using you know things like Zoom and Microsoft teams webex, et cetera as, as the the way that you communicate internally and externally, so even if I want to just you know I want to talk to Dave, I just uh, ping him on a chat and we we click in a, a uh, into a a Zoom call, for example. Um, or uh, the, the other areas where people are just using their mobile device. That's kind of what Dave talked about earlier. That becomes the, the new phone. So uh, there's a class of company that says, you know, do we even need uh, to give you a phone number? If you, if you want to talk to someone, you've got your meeting app, you've got your mobile device, you know, we're good. Uh, so there are still, you know, a lot of companies. Uh, we did see about 25 percent of companies that were increasing phone volume. So smaller, uh, but still significant. So I think the, the enterprise phone system, in the attitudes of most of the people we talk to, is not nearly as important for internal uh, and employee-to-to-to to, to B2B type engagement as the meeting application. It's still critically important for B2C.
2: There's there's a, an important distinction in the types of communications that we have, and uh, and, and so the uh, the chats and even the emails are with known relationships and if i don't have you on a chat system or if i don't have your email address i'm probably going to call you now there's a lot of business that gets Done with known relationships. Probably most business gets done with known relationships. But businesses grow by establishing new communications. Uh, customers call businesses that don't they don't have a relationship. They have to call an 800 number, etc. And so the phone is still the most universal mechanism, and is often the starting point of how you how you communicate. So I'm look I'm just guessing. But when everyone talks about some companies are saying decreasing and some companies are saying increasing uh, role of phones, I think it's, it's going to depend a lot on who you're asking and what role they're in and and what they're what they're trying to accomplish
1: yeah 100 agree
2: okay well
0: look chaps i think that's a a great place to uh, end today's conversation thank you so much for joining me thanks for having us and thank you for watching you've been watching me david Dugger, and uc today if you enjoyed today's conversation please give us a like or share on social media it's greatly appreciated i know i will (laughs) that's all for me i'll catch you next time